time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Let's get started with today's hot topic. We have Ted Tozier joining us. He's the former president of Jenny May and currently at the Milken Institute. Has so much respect for the Milken Institute and what they're doing. We're going to be talking about upcoming Mayor Catalyst event that's going to be in Dallas, February 10th through the 12th. And the theme of this year's event is Entropy, Surviving the New Abnormal. I love how Tony Moss, the principal in AmeriCalis, comes up with thought-provoking titles. But if you think the titles are thought-provoking, wait till you get into this. Ted is predicting that almost 40% of the current lenders will not survive the next five years. That's very interesting. We're going to get into why that is and talk about the event. So let's get our guest on, Ted Tozier. Good to have you here. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I'm really excited. You are co-collaborating on the program this year with Tony. I remember you so well. I first met you, I guess, back in your Nat City days, even before you were at Jenny May. You did an outstanding job as the president of Jenny May. And that's not a simple job. There's so much that Jenny May manages and with so few people. Michael Drain and the regulars that are there, the staff people, I just have so much respect for, do an awesome job. Now you're out of that. So for those of us that have known you, give us a little bit of an update on Milken Institute. How did you get connected there, and what are you doing there? Well, the Milken Institute, again, it's been around for a few years, started by M- Michael Milken, yeah, yeah. and they've they done different things, education and healthcare. But then probably, I'm guessing maybe about five, six years ago, they decided to get into housing policy, and then they initially brought on Michael Bright, and they brought on Ed DeMarco. It's really the beginning of that group. And then when Ed DeMarco left to start his new, to go to work for the Housing Policy Council, Ed recommended me to bring me on as his replacement. So basically, I replaced Ed DeMarco at the Milk Institute at that time. Okay. And then since, since then, Michael Bright has left, and we brought on Eric Kaplan and yeah. other people in the housing group to try to build out the housing finance group. Yeah, I've sat and met with Eric Kaplan. The Les Parker knows him real well. Very fascinating brain trust of individuals there. And I'm really excited to talk to you about the event this year's AmeriCatalyst. And she put in Tony as CEO of Both America Catalyst, which is based here in Austin since 2009, but also a Euro Catalyst, and it's based in Amsterdam, and it's been there operating since 2000. I spoke at the Madrid Euro Catalyst event. Tony had heard me speak, and she invited me to speak, along with my good friend, Dr. Jack Gutentag. Great story. Go back and check out the Lickin' on Leadership podcast and listen to the interview I did with Jack. He's such a marvelous guy. But we were, I was so blown away with the content and the way that Tony organizes. Now, I'm a big fan of MBA events. A lot of people say, yeah, I kind of get conferenced out. I'm So many conferences to attend. I mean, which one do I need to do? We're so busy. Folks, this is one you do not want to miss for a number of reasons. But this one, particularly when you hear someone that I respect so much, Ted Tozier, saying that 40% of the industry is not going to be here in five years. 
And Ted, let's get started on that. What, what's behind some of that? By the way, entropy, I had to go look up what entropy means. So it's a physics term, but also a lack of order or predictability, gradual decline into disorder. That's kind of ominous. Talk about what you're seeing, and is this shared by the Milken Institute? Well, again, it's, it's kind of myself and Tony, but also, too, it's also gotten some legitimacy, too, where EPSOC, the group that's set up under Dodd-Frank, yeah. has brought up yeah. the issue of independent mortgage bankers and their, the issues around the concept of they're not having the same access to funding and liquidity that the depositories have. And that's really the, the whole genesis of this whole concept is that this will uh, be really the first economic downturn when it comes. It's going to come eventually that we've had this kind of prominence of independent mortgage bankers because in the Ginny May space now, probably 70% of the business maybe close, even approaching 80% now, is done by independent mortgage bankers in lieu of um, depositories. And so the question is going to be is how do these uh, organizations fare when they have to uh, come up with liquidity because servicing the defaulted loan is very cash intensive. And so that's where it's talking about is what, what's the system going to be like and how are we going to deal with this issue of these independent mortgage bankers having to deal with uh, the next downturn with delinquencies go up and the need for liquidity mm-hmm. is going to be substantial. Well, we're looking at some really good times right now. Delinquencies are at the lowest. Job growth is at the best it's been at. Lowest unemployment in 50 years. I mean, so great, great numbers. But these are cycles. And I think it's what you're talking about is preparing for the next cycle whenever that shows up. And I think there's a lot of concern. There was a big announcement. Our good friends at, at Texas Capital Bank, the publicly traded Texas Capital Bank shares, announced a merger with Independent Bank Group. A merger of equals is the press release. They're both premier regional banks. It's going to create a super regional bank with a real strong footprint in both Texas and Colorado. So you look at these kind of mergers, Ted, that are going on. Texas Capital has the largest, I think, the largest independent funding, warehouse lending to independent mortgage bankers. So that could have a huge impact on their business as you look forward to the possible whenever that downturn does happen. Is there any sense of the downturn? Really, the first topic that you're bringing up or the first session is smart thinking, thriving in chaos. What is the chaos that you guys anticipate coming? And give us some insights to those who will be attending, what they're going to hear. This session specifically is a person that Tony's known for years, Dr. Art Markman. Oh, yeah. And his his, uh, position is just a psychology of how people think, especially when they're kind of in chaos. And his issue is people tend to, you know, kind of go back to what they think, you know, worked in the past. And the issue is going forward, you've got to think about really new creative solutions. When chaos occurs or when you start feeling comfortable, you shouldn't go back to the way you've always done it. We've really got to be thinking forward because this can be a different world. And the concept of really being open to new concepts, new ideas of, of how to be successful in the future, that the past doesn't always you know, indicate what, what, what's a good solution for the future. So that, that's yeah. kind of what that session's all about is, is being open-minded to how to run your business. Well, I think it's it's smart thinking, and I think the critical thinking, smart thinking, that can go out the door when everyone is just so busy, caught up in the tearing of the urgent. I really like this, and I'm excited about this. Some of the things that you talk about in there at this event, I think is going to be eye-opening. So preparing for the future, thriving in chaos, that's a good reason for all the IMBs to be there. 
What kind of IMBs do you see surviving? Is it those that are focusing on technology? We talked to Alan earlier talking about those that are struggling with connecting with a customer, doing a good job of communicating. What are some of the elements that some of the smart thinking you think lenders, independent mortgage bankers specifically, need to be focusing on? Well, again, from from my perspective, from my time at JMA, probably the first thing they need to focus on is their balance sheets. Um, yes. Because, because making sure that they have a diversified funding sources, that they don't put all their eggs in one basket, so that if all of a sudden their source of funding dries up for whatever reason, you know, all of a sudden there's a manager change in the bank that they got their line of credit with, or you know something happens, that they're not left high and dry. Because the time that these issues are going to come up where all of a sudden your lines are being pulled, it's going to be a time of stress. Because And so the idea of being able to diversify to make sure that you have as many different ways of raising your funding and also diff- look at different ways to liquefy your balance sheet. Like, for example, your MSRs. You know, trying to determine how much your MSRs you can find ways to uh, use as collateral for lending, just from a perspective, again, that it's there. You wouldn't use the, the lines today, but the idea of having them in place so that when you need the liquidity, it's there. Because the problem you have in a Ginny May world, for example, mm, the yeah. servicing is relatively illiquid. So it's going to become even more liquid in a downturn. So being able to sell your servicing to raise cash, it's going to be very limited, especially selling any kind of economic you know, value. So being able to use your, your MSRs as collateral. So what I'm saying in today's, today's world, the economy is doing so well. This is the time to line up your various funding alternatives. And then with the idea that when things turn down, you can call on these various solutions. The other thing I think is probably important is getting back to your technology. Because I think the issue you have with lenders is you are going to have to have a good quality customer service to stay competitive in the future. But also, too, you need, again, to have a system that you can upside and downsize relatively easily. Because, again, with this volatility that's going to occur, you're going to have to cut costs dramatically. So the idea that if you don't have a lot of staff to deal with, yeah. that that's really going to help you deal with the ups and downs of volume because there's this refinance we're going through today, which probably not going to happen for a long, long time. If you think about it, rates probably aren't going to fall that much more than they are right now. We're basically almost a zero-rate environment. So refinances are not going to be a way to really bail you out. So you're going to have to make sure that you really have a good way of dealing with customers on a, on a purchase way, uh, situation. And it's per purchases go up and down, being able to right-size your company relatively quickly. Well, you know, I'm really excited about this event and hearing some of the economists are there. We should mention the list of who's going to be at this event. Doug Duncan's going to be there. I have tremendous respect on his economic outlook. Talk a little bit about some of the economists that are going to be there, in their views at least, on what's going to be happening with interest rates. Well, again, I think we have a session economically, but also big thing we're talking to was demographics. We have people like Lori's going to be there as far as Lori yeah. Goodman is going to be there to talk about the demographic Good changes thing. and so forth. And I think that's really the, some of the key issues that are c- coming out is this concept of, you know, as far as demographics, not so much just interest rates, but also, too, the idea of the millennials are coming in because the millennials basically want, you know, the customer service, but the technology that we talked about, your technology person talked about, uh, but also, too, the, you know, the minorities coming in as far as more African-American, Hispanic customers and so forth yeah. and being able to deal with that. So those are the kind of people, like I said, Lori's talking about that. You've got, uh, you know, Sam um, Cater from uh, Freddie Mac going to be there. Lynn Fisher, so who has been at yeah. AER for a while and is now at uh, – FHFA, 
all those people are going to be talking about not only interest rates, but more just the dynamics of the industry and kind of what, what the future is going to hold because I think the concept of the millennials and the minority borrowers are really going to change how you have to deliver your product to really be competitive in the next uh, you know, 10, 15 years. That's a great point. Joe, any questions you have on the economic front? I'm going to jump into that a little bit just because technology is such a big part of what you can do in a slowdown. And, and I guess my question mm-hmm. is, you know, do you see that people have implemented the necessary improvements in technology and, and can handle another slowdown or a slowdown without refinances in order to be able to survive? Well, I think it's an industry. I think we're, we've been very slow to embrace the technology. I mean, the idea, of, like I heard earlier, you know, talking about a, a person doing, you know, the home equity being able to close in five days and approval in five minutes. I think that's where the forward side's got to get to. So I think I think the idea we still have a lot of you know human touches in the process that could be eliminated through technology. So I think the mortgage industry is still needs to go a long way. I think to really embrace a lot of the technology to be able to get to the point kind of where the rocket mortgage is from quick enough to use them. But they're kind of the people talk about all the time where you really can pretty much have process that has very very limited human touches through the approval process. Another question I have has to do with the mix of uh, you know production and servicing, and I know a lot of people have, uh, the independent mortgage bankers have begun to retain servicing, which ought to serve them well in a slowdown. But at the same time, you have to be concerned about making the advances that uh, coming from Jenny May. You know, full, fully aware that the need to be able to make advances and, and have the cash flow that goes along with those requirements. So, is it too late at this point for people to begin to try to diversify more no i mean I, I think i think you can do i think you can do it today i mean like i said the economy is doing well so i think most lenders people who would be financiers for the mortgage bankers i think are open to talk to them because the economy is doing so well so i think the issue of trying to get this diversification because like you said i think having the servicing as an offset to your production, I think is a great plan. But the key thing is, like you said, with the advances, you need to be able to have something in place where you can somehow borrow against your MSR so as your MSR becomes more valuable as you advance, you can borrow mm-hmm. that. Your advance rate gets bigger. So, I mean, I think you need to get those kind of uh, structures in place so that you really can take advantage of the opportunity of having your servicing in place. Because without the servicing, I, I agree, it's gonna be, I think it's going to be difficult when rates, when production falls, to not have the servicing fee to fall back on as long as you, you're in a position where you can handle the advances. Alan, let's get over talking to you a little bit about the technology. Uh, sure. Uh, Ted, nice to uh, have you on the program, by the way, and nice to meet you. So, I mean, tech's a broad subject, and I think there's nobody wants to change their LOS and nobody wants to spend money on more vendors. So for the folks that, you know, have a good open door with their loan origination system or they've got staff to make things work right. I mean, what, what would you say maybe if you could list one or two important things that a lender should really focus on? Well, I I think the, I think the issue is you need to really, just look at your process of making sure that you're able to automate whatever you can from the standpoint of having vendors in place as far as data validation and so forth so that you truly can get a, uh, keep uh, your errors to a minimum because, again, having to fix errors is one of your big costs you're going into, but it's also going to cause 
customer service issue. So the idea of trying to make your process as far as uh, data integrity through yeah. trying to get that cleaned up, I think is really critical. And the other thing too is again the cut like um, the customer service side. Again, the idea of building your systems out so that you have a situation where a consumer can get hold of you if they have any questions or concerns. But on the when they don't have a concern, making it so that they really can um, don't have to wait for somebody to get something done. I, I hear all the time from people saying, "Well, you know, I just want to get you know the process done." So I think the key thing is trying to look at your process and saying, you know, what are the things that are just so routine that people person should be able to do on their own without having to get a lot of feedback uh, or dealing with staff, but then also having staff or some people available so if all of a sudden um, they, have a, they have a question or concern that they're able to uh, get hold of somebody to get those, um, those concerns um, taken care of. Because people are so used to the Amazons, you know, the idea that we buy stuff online and so forth, that it's kind of seamless. And I think they really want the same kind of an experience with a mortgage, except for the fact that if all of a sudden they're questioning, they won't be able to hold somebody because buying a home is, is a scary thing for most people when they buy their first home. Well, I think that's why it's going to be so interesting to listen to Dr. Art Markham, who wrote the book, Bring Your Brain to Work, Brain Beliefs, Habits of Leadership, Smart Change. I mean, he's going to be speaking at this event. But I want to move on, Ted, to another topic that really has caught my attention. There's so much. We're going to, you have the Avengers, the undeniable facts about the housing market and what they mean for the future of housing. Any quick comments on that? Where, where do you see the future of housing going, Ted? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing we see with the with housing is the concept of just trying to figure out, you know, how do we deal with the gig economy, you know, and the idea of how, how do we deal with non-W2 borrowers, you know, how do we deal with, you know, minorities. The way we do business is going to is going to change dramatically. It's with the way the economy is changing, and I think that's going to be the big uh, biggest issue. I think we're also going to see more issues kind of around, I, I, I'm thinking, because of the shortage of housing. We're probably yeah. going to see more condos develop, too. So the question is, how do we look at yeah. condos and things that are shared, like a more dense housing, because of the lack of space in the big cities? So I think all those things are going to be coming about, I think, that are going to be changing how we do business into the future. Plus, I also just think, too, that we're in a situation, too, where we're also going to have probably some multi-generational issues as far as, you know, more than one property in a house. I, I, just, I just feel like we just have so many things coming at us that it, that's changing the idea of, in theory, for Earth's Civil War. You know, the idea was we always yes. sub, uh, suburbite areas built up, you know, people moving out, you know, out in the suburbs and people having single-family detached homes. And I just feel like that trend is changing, and that's going to force us to how we look at approving borrowers and how we uh, look at properties and how we value them. Well, that's what so people have to go out and check out the website. If you could see the confirmed speakers that Tony and Ted have brought here, this is a long, exhaustive list, and it is some of the top people. Carol Galante is going to be there. Love Carol and the way she thinks. Uh, Lynn Fisher, who now works at the FHFA with Mark. And I'm just so looking at all the different the speakers here. It's just going to be really, really good. But I'm really fascinated by the last man standing session, 1.4, where the last man standing and the mortgage market fallout. Talk about that. That's a bit ominous. You sense that will be happening primarily with independent mortgage bankers? Independent mortgage bankers have a challenge because ever, ever since the Great Depression, the banks were built with all these safeguards to keep them from having right. liquidity problems like FDIC insurance. 
the federal bank system, the, um, uh, federal, the, uh, the federal reserves, disco and all these things were built because of all the problems that came out of the Great Depression when banks had problems raising uh, liquidity during a tough economic time. The issue we have now is there is nothing like that for independent mortgage bankers. And plus, they're monoline. They're, they're in a situation where they don't have other lines of business to kind of fall back on that a bank might have. So though, that, that's where kind of we're looking at. This is really a kind of a, a uncharted territory of how a monoline business mm-hmm. with no guaranteed, government uh, guaranteed um, liabilities is able to um, survive during a economic downturn. And that that's where the big issue. So we have various speakers, um, Jay Bray from Mr. Cooper, yes. we got, uh, uh, got Stan Middleman from Freedom, yes. talking about kind of what things their companies are doing to do things I talked before as far as diversifying their uh, financing sources, doing different things they're doing to try to set themselves up for the um, next downturn and how they're going to do it. And then plus, even with the technology side, the biggest concern thing I'm wondering too is, we're going to see some sort of consolidation to put more bankers, the same we saw in the banking sector because of the cost of technology. So is that going to force some additional consolidation just because of the cost of technology? Because you look at the banking sector today versus 20, 25 years ago, the amount of banks have, has uh, dramatically changed as the middle market has kind of gotten absorbed into the uh, large super regionals, like you mentioned earlier, the Texas Capital merger, you know, more of these, yeah. these kind of mergers. So it's the same mm-hmm. thing going to happen in the point of bankers because of the cost of technology. Yeah, no question. Uh, I think David Stevens, it's going to be fascinating. David Stevens and Chris Whalen are hosting that event, will be leading that. I can't wait to listen to those two veterans talking about it. And there's another session coming up that is called Freudian Slips, Investor Perceptions on Balancing Risk and the New Abnormal. Love the way Tony words things. It's hosted by Michael Drain and Eric Kaplan, two people that you have worked with, known and still know, work with today. And then inside that group, we talk, talk about some of the people speaking in that panel and what we can anticipate hearing at the Freudian Slips session. The issue with the Freudian Slip issue is, again, just people talking about the capital coming into the mortgage banking space. Again, it's the fact, again, that before the capital used to come from Banks, you know, banks owned right. mortgage bankers or they mortgage banking departments. Now the question you're getting your money coming in from different investor groups. So the idea, you know, you, you, and then you have the outgrowth of, you know, people buying like excess servicing strips from independent mortgage bankers, so they don't have as much MSR on their balance sheet, or we've got them um, actually investing putting capital into mortgage bankers. And so the, this, this whole concept is is just talking about where the capital is going to come from and as far as people's perception on, uh, you know, how difficult it's going to be for people to raise capital as we go forward and how much is out there that can be raised, diversification of capital, because we're going to need that. Because right now I don't see, and most people don't see, the banks coming back into mortgage bank in any, any um, large scale. So that means, again, this issue yeah, of right. trying to raise capital from the private, from non-bank sources is going to be critical you know, if we really expect the housing market to continue to have deep structure as far as investor base and, and capital they can use to grow from. So you'll be touching at all in this session on where Fannie, possibly where Fannie and Freddie are going to end up or how they're going to end up? I'm sure it'll come up to some degree, but the biggest issue more is is concept of Again, just talk, talking about yeah. is the concept of, from a Jenny May perspective, of where the capital is going to come from. 
you know, to support the Ginny Mays more so than what you would normally deal with from uh, a, um, you know, as far as a normal Fannie Freddie type of a, a situation from from that perspective. But I'm sure it will come up as far as Fannie Freddie because the reason I think it's interesting for Fannie Freddie to come up with this whole concept is because if Fannie, think about it, Fannie Freddie are ever turned loose, which again, we keep talking about leaving conservatorship. All right. And you realize that Fannie Freddie would be the two largest independent mortgage bankers in the world? I know, I know. So, so, so in theory, the same, the same discussions we're having with mortgage bankers, they're going to have, especially if their debt is not guaranteed by the U.S. government. You're true that just their MBS is, because most all the proposals have their MBS being guaranteed, but not their debt, which means that they will be in the same financial situation as every other mortgage banker, whether it's you know Freedom or you know community mortgage bankers. And they're going to have the exact same challenges. So I think in some ways this is kind of touching into the concept of what's Fannie Freddie going to look like and will they be of the same systemic risk characteristics that independent mortgage bankers have. I'm looking at the topics that you'll be covering just in this session alone that Tony sent over here and says, in a hyper-competitive market, what is the sensible and balanced approach to risk? And there's another one, a question she, uh, you'll be talking about in this session is, is the REIT business model working? I mean, there, just look at the – there are six items in here that are – I don't know how you you could make a whole conference just out of any one of these items. What I love about this conference is it's so impacting. And it's the other thing is it's just not a one-day event. Now, there's so much packed into this first day. But there is day two. Talk briefly about day two. Well, day, day two, we start talking a little bit about the concept of the the issue of, like mentioned before, about the cities and the idea of, yeah. of a zoning and concentration of housing and the concept of, you know, how, how do we deal with that? You know, how do we deal with the housing shortage we're seeing today? Because today, right now, home prices are, are going up dramatically because it's a shortage of housing, not because uh, there's a, uh, you know, don't have enough supply. And the demand is, is just outstripping it. So the question is, how do you deal with that? And how do you do that without disrupting neighborhoods, like, for example, gentrification and so forth occurring because of right now people wanting to possibly work closer to home uh, or, or live closer right. to the work and mm-hmm. so forth. Yeah. So that's kind of what that's what that session is kind of all about is is dealing with what those topics of, uh, you know, how, how do we deal with it, the, the housing crisis we're having today as far as affordability of housing. Tony will be leading that session along with Raymond of X-Home. And then also Carol Galante, Dr. Carol Galante will be there. Can't wait to get her perspective on all of this. Sean Dobson will be opening up, doing opening remarks. Of she, He's the chairman of Amherst Holdings. He'll be doing the opening session. There's just so much more in this, and we just don't have time. But just run through some of the other things we have just briefly on day two that we can anticipate that people are going to walk away with. Well, the, the another big topic I think Tony and I talked about, we think the industry really is downplaying in that this next session after this one on the cities is on the climate change issue. Because mm-hmm. we really believe that's really going to be a major issue going forward because the concept, you look at California's wildfires, you look at the flooding in the Midwest, you look at the hurricanes on the East Coast, all these things are happening. The question is going to be is, will homeless insurance become prohibitively expensive or even be not available? And if that happens, what does that do to the housing market as far as all of a sudden if homes in certain parts of the country become very difficult to sell because of, of insurance issues? 
and and uh, environmental cost issues. And so that's one of the things that we, we think it's, the industry really is downplayed because we've always run this concept that you can transfer, you know, catastrophic risk on your collateral to an insurance company, and that's not a risk. Well, what happens when the insurance company refuses to insure it or insure it at a very high premium? That changes the whole dynamic for housing yeah. finance. And so that's what we want to talk about in this next session is, you know, really what's in store if all of a sudden these uh, intensities of hurricanes and flooding and wildfires continue to increase? What can we expect in the next few years? Yeah, it's going to be Skyler Olson speaking of that, Director of Economics and Research at Zillow. Nick Steinberg is there 24-7. And then Laurie Kraft, always listening to Laurie's comments, just excellent stuff. You guys have really put together an outstanding event again this year. I'm so glad. I always was concerned when Tony's going to retire. Where are we going to get this kind of critical thought, especially packed into just intense two days? Ted, I am so excited that you're going to be there. I'm so thrilled that you are staying as involved as you are, and especially in planning events like this. Again, We've had as our guest today, Ted Tozier, for him, we all know him, loved him back early when he was directly in mortgage banking. We got to know him real well when he was the president of Jenny May. Ted, you've been a leader in the industry, and you're continuing to do so. Kudos and congratulations, and thank you for co-collaborating with my dear, dear friend, Tony Moss, on this event. You and I are both alumni of this event, and there's many others. Joe Dinamanicus just wrote me and sent me a note, said hi, say hi to Ted, NRL Mortgage in Houston. He also is an alumni. Anyone who's been at this event says and walks away with one comment. This has got to be the best event to get me to wake up and see all that could be. That's what I've always walked away with. Oh, yeah. Well, well, again, I really encourage people to really come because I'll tell you, like you mentioned, Tony retiring. Tony officially did retire a couple years ago, but she's putting Mm -hmm. this back on because she really believes that we're kind of at a um, crossroads and a turning point in the industry. And that's when she's come. That's when she came to retirement to pull us off because she really feels like the industry has a lot of challenges ahead of it, and she's really concerned that people really don't appreciate some of the uh, the magnitude of these challenges. And that's when she came out of retirement. That that's how strong she feels that she really wants to get the war down on some of these issues. What's the website and best way for people to get to know the event? Probably the the best thing to do the website I think is just americatalyst.com, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, I just googled it. it. You can go to Mer- yeah, go to Americatalyst. You can put entropy right behind E N T R O P Y entropy Americatalyst. It came right up, and you'll see the event, folks. Check this conference out. I know there's a lot of conferences out there, but you will. N- I've never had anyone that I've recommended come walk away from this thing looking yeah this just wasn't any good they have all said this is be- i'll become alumni of this every year i'll be attending it so i'm really excited that you're going to be there ted i'm really grateful for your continued participation in industry appreciate you taking time today to be with us and we wish you and tony an outstanding conference and looking forward to being there thank you appreciate it Folks, so good to have Ted Tozier with us. We're always looking for good guests. Love your feedback on who we should have. Next week, we've got Dan Putney of Finastra. Dan is going to be talking about the vision of technology, where it's going, and how we can serve our industry better. Finastra, obviously a leader in the space. They're a sponsor of the podcast. We're really going to get into some great discussion. Dan's a good friend. He's got a tremendous amount of insights into the fintech world. He is now with Finastra, which is the third largest fintech company in the world. I want to say a special thank you as we exit to our sponsors, Black Knight, Open Mortgage, 
Finastra, the MBA, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, Velma, KnowledgeCoop, Vidyard, AI Assist, and now our newest sponsor, VendorSurf. Check them out at their website. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.